today's show, we are dropping in on the Q&A for the new British short film, Play It Safe. The film has recently been nominated for a London Critics Circle Award for British Irish Short Film and is also in consideration for the Oscars and BAFTAs at this present time. The film comes from director Mitch Kalisa and focuses on prejudice in the classroom. A pupil is coaxed into playing a racial typecast in a fellow student's play. Jonathan, the student, is faced with either challenging the prejudice or playing it safe. The Q&A features both the cast and the crew of the production. As with all Q&As, the moderator asks questions to the cast and the crew, followed by questions that come from the floor. With it being an online presentation, questions from the floor came from various outlets that were invited to join. One of such outlets was ourselves and we fired in a couple of questions for them to answer during the session. Please enjoy. So in terms of the process for you actors, were there similarities in Mitch's script that you could draw on? I mean, I know, Kate, you weren't at drama school yet, but were there things that you thought, particularly to you, uh, Jonathan, were there things in it where you thought, hmm... That rings true. Yeah. There were a lot of moments. I mean, um, it's not a reflection on the school in any way, but, um, you know, those kinds of environments, you know, it's, it's a lot of people that maybe haven't come from multicultural backgrounds and they're suddenly thrust into London and experiencing people from many different backgrounds and cultures and everything. And, you know, by the nature of that, there's, by the nature of ignorance, there will be microaggressions, you know, and um, face them weekly. <laughs> weekly microaggressions you know so, so okay I guess the specific moment is just before you know um, Jonathan's going to do the performance where the teacher has to repeat his name three times I had a lot of moments like that when I was at um, drama school in certain classes where um, it would be my turn to go up and I've just the amount of you know the kind of little cuts I've got all day that just kind of take me into this place where I'm like just the rest of the world doesn't exist and I just need to be aligned with myself and right now this class doesn't matter and right now nothing matters and me being okay myself and not losing it and not losing it of course I mean we've just talked about the fact that it's no I went to Lambda you went to Lambda that it's not not particularly a thing that's just based on Lambda one of the things that struck me Mitch was the unconscious nature of it all those microaggressions that people don't realise they're doing Mm. And, you know, that's one of the, the words of the moment, but it's kind of a, a really important word. W- was mm. that an intention of yours to add the sort of um, unconscious microaggressions? Yeah, no, it was definitely a big factor. And it's something um, um, we talked about throughout the whole prep. It, it's, it's that that yeah as you said that unconscious racism that that people with good intentions or at least they feel like they have good intentions will kind of um yeah kind of lay on to someone so it it was and it's complex because yeah it's hard to to point at someone and be like yeah like you're a bad person for doing this right so yeah i don't i, I guess i don't have any kind of answers for it any solutions but I, I definitely wanted to highlight it and and yeah. let people know that hey this is I know you might not mean to but this is how it comes across yes. so and 
yeah, it, it was really kind of fulfilling and amazing to hear people um, giving feedback on the film, mm-hmm. um, being able to say like, wow, I, I see a version of myself here. I, I've, I've been the guy in the corridor with Jonathan being like, yo. Uh, I know. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. And, and, and that, that's weirdly yeah. for me, that's what was really poignant about the film, that you highlighted an unconscious behaviour. The fact mm. that you've had feedback with people saying, oops, I've done. Yeah. You know, that whole thing of, I sometimes get it. Oh, Karen, do you know the slang for so-and-so and so-and-so? Mm. No. <laughs> Why are you asking me? Mm, yeah. Let me, th- you know. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was an extraordinary. So... I loved, while we're on this whole subject of the whole unconscious thing, I love the fact that you shot Jonathan from behind. The sound was incredible on this film, by the way. Jonathan on behind, and you shot the faces of the class. Yeah. That was really... what. Catherine, quick question. So, Mitch, going back to the questions with regards to how you shot it. Do you want to talk about the process rather than me talking about Talk about the process, yeah. the process of... Yeah, no, so, um, yeah, it was from the script. I always knew that essentially uh, the film would begin with our audience kind of, yeah, pinning their gaze at Jonathan and, and, and the kind of film language was always essentially pushing him into a corner, which, yeah kind of um, alludes to the themes in, 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 the, in the story. And I really wanted for there to be a transition of power in that final sequence. So it's not only that Jonathan isn't in frame, but it's like he's, he's overcome the frame. He's, yeah. he's outside it and he's, yeah. and, and he's taken on power that, that he didn't have before by choosing this moment to take a stand and not play it safe yeah. so that was the kind of rationale in the in the camera language and and, and yeah and it, and it added a really unsettling mirror uh, I think I, I really wanted to focus on for for the audience to not just focus on like oh Jonathan was victimized in this situation but to look at the the system at play that's put Jonathan in to this note so yeah those were the kind of two strands that I was hoping to achieve and um and yeah and it created a really kind of unsettling atmospheric tension-filled sequence that that yeah not only speaks to those themes in a, a transformative way but also yeah just I mean it says a lot about Jonathan's performance that yeah. even though we didn't see him it was still like we felt him we knew how incredible that performance was so yeah Absolutely. And there were moments when you did see him because of the way you shot it. He was fantastic. Who is the DOP on Who, who shot Jamie it? Jamie Yeah, absolutely amazing. Because there were moments where you could not only feel him, like you're saying, with the sound, but there were moments when you glimpsed part of him, yeah. you know, when he's hit the floor. Just, yeah. just absolutely incredible. Right, so I'm just going to um, focus my attentions now to Chris, the producer. I'm going to ask quite a a vulgar question, but I'm sure many filmmakers would want to know this. How did you raise the funds to make this film, Chris? Well, to be honest, that's obviously a really interesting question. I think for for us, it was a case of like, you know, it's very hard to get anything sort of like independently financed 
by anyone else but yourself, I think, for a short film being really honest yeah. about how the short film sort of world works. We're very lucky that... So I'm, I'm a partner in a company called Compulsory. We have set up a film development slate essentially to help our directors from commercials and music videos grow into making narrative work. So something that was important for us was, you know, Mitch was a director that we wanted to work with for a while. I found him because of his music video work. And actually, when we talked about developing the film, it was a case of like, well, look, we really want to make this. At no cost are we not going to make this. So we just kind of mm-hmm. wait until we actually independently co-finance it ourselves. So it's a film actually that, that, that Mitch and I, as in compulsory, co-finance because actually we knocked on many a door as Mitch can <laughs> can tell you probably better than I can and ironically given the response we've had to the film now which is obviously incredibly overwhelming no one wanted to finance this film <laughs> so I mean that's always the case you know so I guess in a way we're quite lucky because obviously now we own this really important film together that I think is probably rightly owned by the creators and the, the people that made it happen. So yeah, with the story, but there you go. I can just, can I just say the labor of love is palpable in this film. Yeah. There's a real love that everyone involved had complete investment. And another really silly question, where did you shoot it? So this was an interesting one, I think for, for us, because, you know, obviously Jonathan went to Lambda, but actually also went to Arts Ed for his foundation. And I actually went to Arts Ed as well. So uh, as in, not as an actor, but through the pupil school and, and from like secondary school. So it was an interesting position because I think like when we, as you can tell, like obviously like this is a very much a, a film that's made by the entire team that put their passion, their dedication into it. And actually as a result, a lot of creative support was brought by, you know, the likes of Jonathan and other cast members and other incredible people that are part of this film. I guess in a weird way, it was something we always spoke about doing and Mitch was... I think quite interested in the idea that there was this connection, I think for us that was grounded because obviously Mitch's relationship and the story is obviously very much intrinsically all his, but I think there's a, maybe like a, a memory or something that we could draw upon having the space being so recognizable for Jonathan and myself as well. I think in terms of aesthetically making sure that we could recreate that kind of environment yeah. as authentically as possible and, and use a space that, would allow us to, to actually probably like let us do what we needed to to get the film to look like it did. Yeah, because it yeah. really did. It was reminiscent of my, you know, the shot with the staircase, all of that running up and down, yeah. going to classes. Yeah, yeah fant- fantastic choice. So it's great that it's all said. Right, so Jonathan and Kate, what was the process like in terms of the acting and how long did it take? How long did it take to shoot? First question. Two days, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. What was the process like for you both? Were there rehearsals beforehand, for example, or straight in or yeah, blocking? Well, the the um, audition process was really, really dope, actually. Well, for the casting of the teacher, it was mm. played, Heather played brilliant. She was fantastic. Yeah. Yes. The, all the actors who auditioned the teacher actually ran a class. You know, so... Wow. Kate and myself and the rest of the cast, we sat down in this room. And the thing was that, you know, I hadn't been to drama school for about two years at that point. And I felt like I was back in drama school and I actually took things away from her audition that I've implemented since having done the job. So, yeah, Mitch and Chris and Jamie, everybody, they really facilitate, like, creating an authentic environment for us, stepping into the world. Mm-hmm. So can I just... 
birthright. So Heather auditioned in front of you guys by holding a class. Yes, because Jonathan had been cast. That's scary. Sorry, Kate, go on. Well, she was just the last cast member to join. I think me, Jonathan, all the other cast members were there. Yeah. We auditioned teachers and were making a final decision. So we had three females come in. And Heather, I hadn't been to drama school at that point, And I was a bit like, my character's meant to know about animal studies and I've not done that. Like, how do you even do that? And then Heather came in and was like, well, this is how you do animal studies. And fake ran a class. It was like, well, she's teaching me. So she got it. <laughs> Wow, wow. So uh, was there, there was a casting direction involved. What was the audition process for you guys? Can we go, John? Yeah, I did audition. I was doing a play at the Bush and Chris, Chris mentioned um, Mitch to me in the script and told me the premise. And I was like, ooh, I don't know if that's a good idea. I don't know if people are going to think I'm an Uncle Tom or, you know, it's very, very provocative and very, very risky. I was very, very scared. I nearly didn't do it because of just how on the nose, well, not how on the nose, it's the wrong, it's the wrong way to describe it, um, of how um, lethal it, it was. Like, the script was lethal. I couldn't, I couldn't believe what I was reading because I remember having this exact conversation with my black housemates when I was in first year of drama school. What happens if they give us a monkey, you know? And we were very facetious about what we were going to do. But then to see it in a script, I felt like someone had, like, yeah. opened my brain and like taking this memory out and put it on a page. So it was more discussions with Chris and Mitch. I think we met twice, maybe, yeah. um, just to discuss it. Yeah, it was actually bringing it up to other friends from drama school about potentially telling this story and their really visceral reactions that made me go, you know what, I have to take the risk. I actually can't play safe. I have to tell the story, you know, and I'm really, really glad I did because... The rest is history. Yeah. I need to ask you why the fear. Well, why because the at the fear end of the day, no matter what, no matter what, I, I'm still going to be a black man performing as a monkey in a room full of white people. No matter whether it's oh, it's only because there's a camera. Regardless, I'm still doing it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, how do I protect myself as a human being? without re-traumatizing or traumatizing myself in the first instant. And surprisingly, getting to the moment of doing performance, Mitch was really, really like caring with me and everyone was really, really focused and serious when we got to that moment. And having finished doing the second take of it, knowing that I didn't have to do it again, I was, I realized I didn't feel like a monkey doing it, which was really, really important and a really freeing revelation to have in the midst of having done this performance. You know, because actually I was able to align deeper with my identity by tape, by playing this part, you know. So that's where the fear was. The fear wasn't in the, the subject matter of the story. And the reason I say that is as an actor who's been in the, at this for 25 odd years, in the early days, it was a very difficult thing to talk about. I've just finished reading David Herbert's book. He was also frightened back in the day. Could, was that part of your reasoning? Definitely. I think, I guess you kind of, you inherit the experiences of the people that have come before you. Do you know what I mean? You know, and those experiences, they're, they're, they're worn in the buildings in these training institutions, mm-hmm. you know, and you can feel that history, you know, and um, that's not something I'm ignorant of. You know, stepping into the drama school environments I've stepped into, I've just been very much at the forefront of my mind. So every time I find myself in a situation where, those things could resurface or reshow their face. I feel that instinctive fear, you know? So tackling the subject matter was like, gosh, is this going to be what I think it is? But actually in the hands of 
Chris, Mitch, Jamie, doing it alongside Kate and the rest of the cast yeah. and crew. Like it was so it was so sensitively handled that everyone could be involved, regardless of creed, culture, race, everything. We all came yeah. together to tell the story, you know. So Kate, that takes me to you. How did you feel filming this? What were your feelings? on reading the script initially and working on it? Well, I came to it in a bit of an unconventional way because I met Mitch at kind of a friend's sort of film festival gathering and started speaking and then we started speaking about the topics of the film and then he was like, I'm trying to make this film. Then I was like, you don't ask, you don't get. So I was like, it sounds really interesting. I'd just love to read the script. And I think it was like eight pages, but I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I was quite cheeky and bold and I was like, it's up to you, but can I audition? And this is why I'd like to audition. But I loved it so much that even if he said no or went with someone else, I would have wanted to follow the film's development anyway, because I was like, this is going to look amazing on screen. So I was lucky. Uh, I got to do a self-tape and then did an audition and hopped on board. And the day when we had Heather, um, who went on to play the teacher, I don't think I realised I had the role. I thought it was like the third round, like another recall. And then I was like, I've got the part. We're auditioning the other characters. And then I ended the day and I was like, I think I'm her, but I'm not sure. <laughs> but um, that day was really fun. And there was lots of improv. And I knew of Jonathan, but I didn't know him before. And because you've got kind of a love interest going on, it was really helpful to just like chat and improvise that and feel mm -hmm. more comfortable. And it was also my first acting job. So I think it was quite intimidating at points but that completely was like eradicated by the rehearsal day so I went in and I was like oh we're just telling this story that when Mitch showed me I was so excited about it and we just need to tell that so a lot of that kind of was eliminated by that rehearsal day which was so well it's all very so the fact that you had a rehearsal day again is palpable you look like you guys were a class that's how authentic it felt so bravo Kate and congratulations on your first gig Thank um, you. I'm, I'm now going to get to some of the questions that um, you guys might have posed earlier. This first one is for Mitch. Mitch, did you have an alternative ending for Play It Safe? <laughs> no. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> I pretty much wrote it like that <laughs> from the jump. And then, um, and then, yeah, it was always like that. Marvellous. Another question for you, or for anyone, actually, maybe Chris, um, was there anything, or Jonathan, anything particularly uncomfortable to film? I mean, I'm happy to take this one. I think one thing that we didn't touch on that I think is really interesting, and, it, and it's, I think, a testament to the relationship between Jonathan and Mitch's direction is that we actually never rehearsed Jonathan playing his part yeah. So it was always something that actually, it always stuck with me because it's something that I always, you know, although we were very prepared and we were very meticulous, you know, we shot even the rehearsal on the 16 mil just to see what it would look like and capture the aesthetic mm -hmm. and see what, you know, for Jamie to understand, like, you know, what his positioning was because it was so, the, the, the camera work is a, is a character in this film, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and what was interesting is that, like, it was always something that Mitch has, had said was that, like, you know, we're never going to, we're going to just roll this. And the first time that we see this was when we shot the scene. It was one of the last things we ever shot. And it was really powerful, man. Like I just remember the whole room, the first take, we were just all just kind of like weirdly enough, mimicking the class kind of clapping and being like, this is a bit mad. Like it was just such a powerful scene to watch. And even though the sound design wasn't ready there, 
we obviously had our own dub that we did, you know, as practices and everything. So I think that would have been a comfortable scene to film if it was done by a less seasoned director. But actually, we're very lucky that not only do we have this great script that we keep going on about, but actually it's a testament to Mitch and I think how he envisioned and conducted this whole team in, mm-hmm. in that process, which is very, very delicate, to be honest. Like that would have been, it could have been handled really badly, you know. Fantastic. Uh, Jamie, who's, who's joined us. Oh Jamie. yeah, he's great. Hello guys, I'm so sorry I was working today, so I rushed back, but I was 10 minutes late, apologies. Really good that you're working, but congratulations. We were just talking about your fantastic camera work, um, and especially in the final denouement with Jonathan doing the ape. I mean, it was beautifully shot. So congratulations on that one. Thank you. Um, I'm just getting back to the questions of some of the guys. Someone wants to know, would you like to expand this short into a feature or series? Mm. Chris, Mitch? (laughs) Yeah, Um, no, I don't think so. It's a moment in time, isn't it? Is that what you're feeling? Yeah, nice. Another question for you, Mitch, while you're here. Mitch, why was Jonathan the perfect choice for the role of Jonathan? Yeah, go on. (laughs) (laughs) Not only is he amazing to look at, number one, he's great on screen, obviously. But yeah, no, he he totally understood, like, what we were trying to achieve with it. Um, I think there was... um, yeah some conversation about what is this film actually trying to say but when when I spoke to Jonathan um from the jump when we met like it felt very clear that he yeah like he was talking so eloquently about earlier like he totally was in sync with with what I was trying to to get across in the film so he understood it on that like uh, instinctive level, but also he he harbored this kind of duality where he was able to be the two sides of Jonathan because we see these two sides of the character where he's quite like meek, let's say uh, in the in the first half of the film he's quite unsure of himself, and then in the second half that final chapter he. He, he, he goes way beyond, you know, like he, he really comes into himself. Yeah, he just embodies a different person in, that, in those final moments in the film. And I think Jonathan kind of, yeah, as I said, understood that transition so, so clearly and, and could subtly thread it throughout the performance. It wasn't like cut and change. It was like, you could see the building blocks in his performance as he's going. And, and yeah, I, I was yeah super impressed by all of that when we were talking about it. And then, yeah, when, when seeing him in action, yeah, it was a pleasure. Incredible. And on reflection, I've got to actually say it was incredibly moving. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realise it was as moving until it's over. So the building blocks you were talking about, I mean, I felt his anxiety with the card. Yeah. So I was along with him when people were going, yeah, yo, man. Yeah. And then he looks at his singing, he kisses, you know, the script, he yeah. kisses his teeth. I was like, oh God, I know this one. Yeah. And then the power at the end, the fact that you've just talked about those building blocks in Amazing Jonathan's performance, and that's what you intended, to Absolutely. the power at the end yeah. with parts of his book, just incredible. And on that note, someone has put, follow-up question was, was the character's name always Jonathan, even before you cast Jonathan? If yes. not, was there a conscious decision 
Oh, was it always Jonathan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a super happy coincidence. But I always wrote it as Jonathan. Then Chris says, I think I know someone. His name's Jonathan. And then, yeah, like, yeah. It's super... Wow. Chris, man. (laughs) I I think, you know what, just to add to this as well, Karen, I think it, it was a very serendipitous journey. And I think we said this in another talk that we did, but, like, you know, I'd like to pretend that, like everything was sort of like really difficult, but like it just came so naturally. And I think that this is one of those weird moments where like, obviously it's rare, but like you check yourself as a filmmaker, right? You're like, oh wait, things just like, just kind of slotted in. And it's not because obviously Jonathan's called Jonathan that we cast him, but the fact that I had known him for so many years, admired him from a distance, was waiting to find that project that I could work with him on that was right for him. And naturally we obviously connected on this drama school relationship and and with Mitch's obviously like story and experience it just felt mad so like yeah I think it's one of those weird things that like it yeah it's mad (laughs) it is mad but it often works like that in filmmaking because I'm also a filmmaker and you're right when things are meant to be they're kind of meant to be especially in the whole kind of flurry of trying to get funding make it work those little things you hook onto and go yeah we're supposed to tell this story Um, I'm just trying to get through Someone else has asked, what was the filming process like? I don't know if we've covered that, but if anyone else wants to chip in and elaborate on what we've spoken about, please do. It'd be cool if Jamie talks a bit more about shooting on film and yeah. that whole process. Jamie? Yeah, no, no, I guess, I mean, I guess right from the off, I think the the thing that me and Mitch spoke about was this is a, this is a story which unfortunately could have happened 50 years ago but could also happen 10 years in the future or right right today in this present day and and the reason and and so we thought the very first thing that we had to do was shoot on film because that we had to have that timeless kind of 16 mil image which would transport the 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 audience as i said 50 years ago or to this day you know and that's the beauty of, of film so we wanted it to feel like a timeless a timeless piece so 16 mil was 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 yeah, the only way I think we we ever really saw this this project from the very beginning, yeah. and and you know it's it's a tough choice to make sometimes because it's difficult on short films with the limitations of budgets etc. to uh, to justify it, but um, yeah, it was something that we were willing to sacrifice you know and, and struggle for uh, and, to, to to create that image. And as a team, did you guys storyboard and discuss way before? each beat of what it would look like or was that a kind of organic yes i mean i think definitely mitch and i probably both come from a a similar-ish school of thought which is a slightly more documentary approach um potentially taking you know reference from andrew arnold's and and the like so we 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 didn't want to storyboard too much we definitely knew what we wanted to achieve in each scene and um you know we blocked out a bunch of scenes but we generally chose to kind of, you know, light from above, leave the floor to the actors and then just capture it in as, as a mo- yeah, the most naturalistic way possible. So that was why, you know, a lot of the camera work was, you know, handheld. We had quite a lot of loose camera work with, with all, all trying to achieve basically the, yeah, the right feeling for the piece, which was to allow Jonathan and the guys to, to have f- full control of the floor and we were just reacting to it. It also added to the whole kind of drama school, you know, the fact that you're saying the floor, it added, especially the big scene in the, you know, the the final act, as it were, of the, the animal class 
it really did. It added to that. So the fact that you're saying that you, you guys left it loose, loose camera work makes sense. And, and again, it added to the whole flavour of it. Authenticity. So this is for the cast and Mitch a bit later on. But it's set. the question is, what other role or theme would you like to be a part of or create in the future? And I'm going to go to Mitch first on that one because it says create a world and then I'll go to the cast about dream parts. Yeah, I think I, I, I really love the ability to, to explore complex themes, uh, but in an accessible way. I think some of my, yeah, my kind of aspirations in filmmaking is to make things about topics which are, yeah, like I think important things that need to be said, but yeah, make them accessible to an audience. So hopefully making genre work, which, yeah, can still touch on really topical, interesting subject matter, as well as giving the audience a kind of cinematic thrill. You know, so th th those are the kinds of projects I'd love to make. So in terms of genre, across the genre? Uh, I love thrillers. Or... Thrillers are like my, my favourite things to consume. So, yeah, I think that would be the playground, so to speak. Nice, nice. And to the cast, what other roles would you, what would be dream roles, I think is the best way of putting that question to you guys. I know my dream role I want to do when I'm a 50-year-old woman, so it's not going to be soon. But my dream stage role is Martha and Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Ooh. I saw a Mel Staunton do it. Okay. But I'm away off that. So I'm going to say, like everyone I fell in love with, I May Destroy You. And I think what that and Play It Safe both have in common is that characters are so complex and nuanced and it's not good or bad and it explores a kind of grey area of stuff. And I think going forward, I'd love to continue to be in projects like that. Mm. Um, oh, Jonathan? I think uh, I'm going... Um, Building on what Mitch said about you know how um, the meekness of Jonathan in the in the, in, the, um, in place safe. I think for me a priority for me in terms of dream roles is um, adding more versatility to the canon of black male characters. You know I think it's quite it's a small box of what we've seen black men and black women do on camera, and I would like to um, diversify that. You know I think I very I'm very much a I'm very sensitive <laughs> person. You know and I think there's a lot of stories um, show the brutality of the black experience, but I like to look at that um, with, in, with hope. I don't want to do darkness for the sake of darkness. I want to look at things with hope, despite the darkness, you know, the gentleness. Uh, I think we're gentle, soulful, beautiful people, you know, yeah. Yeah, to add to that um, uh, vulnerability, yeah. um, I appreciate what you're saying there, Jonathan, because I totally understand where you're coming from as an actress myself, that there are, it's a particular type of thing. And we've all heard of the angry black yeah. woman narrative. Yeah. I'm bored. So I can, yes, I, I totally appreciate what you're saying in terms of wanting to diversify that. And by doing so, oh. or finding those elements, I suppose, in any character yeah. you play, is going to add yeah. some texture like yeah. you did with this. Incredible. And like I said, it was weird how after watching it, there was a moment where I went, wow, that was moving. So it's not like I cried during it. I felt yeah. I was with you, all that anxiety and the way that was yeah. shot, the way Jamie got in mm -hmm. there. It's that. And I understand, Mitch, you like that whole idea of mm. getting in there and audience immersiveness. It was afterwards on reflection because this does give you a lot of food for thought where I went, oh, God. 
wow, that was moving. Um, and further on to what Jamie was saying in terms of this could be 50 years ago, and yeah, it could, because the lambdas of this world would have been going for years. They would have been animal classes or whatever. And unfortunately, let's no, I'm going to have hope and say, let's just hope this isn't a narrative for 10 years' time. Do you know what I mean? We're hoping that, yeah, yeah fingers crossed. This is a really, really important piece of work, Mitch. Jamie, Jonathan, Kate, all of you, I just want to say absolutely brilliant, brilliant work. And I'm wishing this film all the success on the festival circuit. Is there anything you want to add while we've got a few minutes left? Anything you would like to say to... I was just going to reiterate, reiterate something that, that me and Mitch were actually... And Chris as well. Sorry, sorry Chris. Mitch and I always have a discussion. I think it's interesting just because I think like that obviously we're really proud of this film, but I think the purpose for Mitch and I think what really kind of sold me on the impact that this film could have if we made it in the right way and obviously delicately approached subject is that like, it is a discussion. It is, yeah. a, it is a talking point. And actually the film isn't really meant to have the final word. It's meant to spark a discussion. Yeah. I think, and it's something that we, you know, we just keep saying, I think when we always talk about this film, but like, its purpose now, and I think the most important thing we can all do is basically use it as a form of discussion. Yeah. That a springboard moves further, than, exactly, and moves yeah. further the narrative of where we're going to go. And hopefully, we're not going to be in the same situation. But, you know, right now, there's still a lot to be done. So, exactly. And you're right, it does take discussion without talking about it, without films like yours sparking that so that people have this conversation will be the same place in 10 years, without, without a doubt. It needs, you know, somebody, somebody was saying earlier, I think it was you, Mitch, saying that some of the feedback you've gotten from people who yeah. watched it had gone, oh gosh, I think I'm that guy in the corridor and I didn't mean to, oh God, that. Yeah. That's yeah. really important yeah. stuff. Absolutely. Holding a mirror up. Exactly. That, that was always something that I, I would hope that this film could achieve and, and it's been incredible to see that happening. And, and yeah, like I always finish the film on a question, uh, Heather's character says, well, where do we start? And mm. Jonathan faces out to the audience and it cuts the black. So it's like, yeah, it was definitely asking the audience, you know, to continue this, um, this conversation. So yeah, hopefully that keeps happening because that was always the dream. Brilliant. Oh, one question for Kate, actually, while um, speaking of the, that final moment where you're all watching, we can see you watching. What were you thinking? What, what direction did you get? And what were you thinking? I want to know what was behind your facial expression. Something me and Mitch talked about and what we wanted to bring that Olivia really likes and has a soft spot for him. I guess the fancying aspect, but fancying aside, just him as a person, just, there's a connection there and that she sees what's going on, but doesn't want to speak up on it because she's not sure how doesn't want to diminish his own voice by calling it out for him, like to not talk for him when she sees these things happening, but has his support, but not to the extent where she's like, guys, don't say that and kind of steps in and vocalizes it, but her support is there. So I think it's kind of done without words, but that's what we yeah. wanted to capture then. I sort of clap at the end. It's like, I see yes. you. Yeah. I what you've done. That wasn't easy and I can just clap for it. Kind of yeah. Thing. And the fact that it was first, brilliant timing. And 
really great work, actually. That's why I wanted to ask you before I forgot. Down, and I don't know where it is on my notes about that moment and what you guys were thinking shooting, you know, behind great, great stuff because all of you guys who were watching Jonathan doing the animal work had something different in your faces. And I was just wondering whether Mitch, you gave everybody individual things to think about while you shot that or did the actors come up with it and you worked together, but it was very powerful. So Mitch, I'm going to go back to you on that last final shot did you speak to each actor individually about what they might be feeling and to highlight it or to how did that what did that look like directing that last yeah as Kate said like there was these kind of specific arcs for each for each of the the main characters and and yeah it was talking to them and and yeah like collaborating with the actors as well and like and seeing how because we shot the, that sequence last, which allowed everyone to to really sink into their roles and really sink into this moment. So mm-hmm. it was kind of easy to to sit down and be like, "Yeah, where are you at this stage?" Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and then yeah. So through that, through those conversations, yeah, we um, yeah, because you can see the boys behind Kate are like pretty confused and they're like unsure how to yes. process it and it's like there's some guilt there there's some yes. defensiveness yes. Um, from Christian's character so yeah those were things we talked about and I, I'm, I'm super proud that yeah you can look across that it works. Uh, yeah. classroom and know that there's a lot of complicated feelings going on here and it's not they're clapping but there's a lot going on behind the claps Clapping for different reasons, you know, and 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 yeah, uh, I'm really glad that you picked up on that because yeah, that was a uh, absolutely that whole scene, mm. that whole scene. So even when Jonathan was doing the animal work and that sound and seeing part of his body, feeling his strength, and in between the bits of body, seeing their faces. Mm. Wow, I think there's something really. If I if you if I can ship on because I think there's something really. Amazing that Mitch captured in the script and was actually captured in the shooting of it is that, um, especially in the corridor, a lot of the um, unconscious racism, it, the microaggressions are actually an attempt and expression of friendship. Mm. So when mm. so when you see them responding to, uh, to the performance, it's kind of like them going back to that place where for some reason they know maybe it was wrong but it didn't feel wrong to say in the moment, but now I'm being taken back to a place that seems problematic, you know? So in that moment, the versatility of expressions is a versatility of people like remembering their experience. When was the last, have I made him feel this way? Am I the only one seeing what I'm seeing? Is it bad that I'm seeing what I'm seeing? Has anyone else noticed that I'm seeing what I'm seeing? You know, and it's so intense. It's, it's, like, it's a mind warp. And I, I love that bit as well. I love that bit as well. Yeah. Incredible, incredible. On that note, congratulations, all of you. Chris, nice one from uh, Compulsory Films. Um, Mitch, congratulations. Jonathan, congratulations. Kate, congratulations. And Jamie, congratulations. And thank you, thank you all. I'm wishing you luck on this one. It's a real conversation starter, a very powerful piece. And I enjoyed it thoroughly. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you so much, Karen. Oh, no, my pleasure. Trust me.